welcome to episode 234 of Late Night Linux, recorded on the 19th of June 2023. I'm Jaru, and with me are Fainim. Woe to you, O Earth and Sea. <laughs> Graham. Hello. And Will. Party time. I'm not even going to go into what those two mean, because uh, I think it might be offensive. No, I'm going to see Iron Maiden on Saturday, so rock. And Boris Johnson's got screwed for having a party. Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you win. Anyway, let's not get into politics. Let's do some news. Victory. New Jersey court rules police must give defendant the facial recognition algorithms used to identify him. So this is someone who they're trying to do for armed robbery, and they had a facial recognition possible match. And the court has said, no, look, you've got to show exactly how this software works because it's not on. Phelan, this is something you've moaned about before, I think. Well, I guess I did complain about this too, but also it was things like forensic software for recovering stuff off hard drives and things like that. If you're going to use any of this type of stuff, I think it's only fair that the procedures and methods that are used are open because otherwise, sure could be doing anything. And we know historically how terrible it is, especially if you happen to be just not a white dude, essentially. Are you trying to say ACAB, Phelan? I am not trying to say that, no. (laughs) I had to think about it again for a second. What did that mean again? (laughs) I'm heartened that the US courts thought this way, because if, in my opinion, if there was a place where this would just become like uh, open and shut cases, it would be the American legal system where computer says it was you, off you go to be locked up indefinitely. So I'm glad that they're pushing back against this. I hope that this sends a message to the rest of the world saying you can't just stick computers in charge of of making these sorts of decisions without explaining it. I do wonder, however, what will happen with that source code? How long will it be between, assuming they uh, do open source it, or at least hand the code over, between that and when somebody has had time to review it and understand how it works and come to a conclusion? That could be years, right? It could be, and it depends on the data sets they used and everything, because you have to assume this is machine learning based. So, um, yeah, it's it's probably not going to be as useful as we would hope, but it is still a good two fingers up at proprietary software taking people's liberty away from them. And I think the big thing with US law is precedent, isn't it? So yeah. as long as you, if you have a precedent for this, then it means future things are going to be like that too. And I think that's only a good thing because if there's not a person involved that can be blamed for doing something right or wrong, then, you know, I don't think a computer should be doing the deciding either, unless it's been scrutinized and can be verified as well. The only other interesting thing I think it brings up is how deep do we go at this? I mean, cameras in phones are using AI all <laughs> over the place, as we discovered last week, to our surprise, Joe. And uh, yeah, just like, is firmware from a camera going to start being part of this as well? Like it, it's, I wonder how deep it will actually go. Is the actual picture, the thing you're taking, a representation of? I thought this kind of stuff for years, and I'm amazed there hasn't been more challenges with digital photos and videos in court, because in theory, all of it could be faked even before machine learning made it possible to generate it. Where's it going to end? I imagine it'll end with the fact that there'll be some... It'll be too complicated to present the algorithms in court and everyone will accept it. And they'll have to, cynically, they'll just have to say, well, if you've got, you know, if you've done nothing wrong, you've nothing to fear, nothing to see here, move on. I don't think it's a case of presenting it in court, though, is it? It's more presenting it to the defence law firm and allowing them to have time before it actually gets to court to examine the evidence. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But then 
being cynical, they can doctor what they present. Who's to say what it was? I mean, that's another problem with it being proprietary. An interesting tidbit. I don't know if it's still true, but I think it is. So the Irish Air Corps, when they fly out on the maritime patrol missions, actually use an analogue camera with a GPS timestamp on it. And with the, the lat long time of day, et cetera, for taking photographs of vessels that are illegally fishing or whatever. So it eliminates that digital, what would the term be? Um, Manipulation. Thank you. That's that's a good one. Mm. I mean, it's not obviously perfect, but it it's an awful lot less likely to, that you're able to doctor a photographic film than you are unless you took a, fi- a picture, a photo of the screen. Hmm, I see where it might be going wrong here. <laughs> yeah, and you can mess with the negatives and all the rest of it, so it's not necessarily foolproof. It comes back to that question, what is a photo? It used to be a simple question, whereas now it's become more and more complicated. Especially on your phone. Indeed, yes. And if we can do things like this to make it more expensive for people to defend the algorithms they're using, maybe they will default to open source algorithms that they don't have to worry about, you know, just focus on catching the people that they need to. Yeah, I mean, facial recognition generally is just really dodgy, isn't it? It's just historically not been very accurate and particularly biased, especially against certain groups of people. Facial recognition is just a dystopian nightmare that needs to go away. I think it's going to be the opposite, though. It's just going to become more and more. If it isn't already without us knowing, it's just going to become the default for everything. We'll be tracked everywhere. Well, we already are in this country, aren't we? Yeah. So, you know, as much as we dislike it, it's just with us. Um, And I'm sure that the algorithms will become very good because they'll be combined with lots of other data that they have. Well, yeah, exactly. They'll be able to combine camera footage with facial recognition with phone data Mm. with phone data yeah and financial transaction data i mean this is why i'm terrified of single bank digital currencies if cash goes away then you've got it's not even state surveillance is it because they contract it all out to private companies and you've just got corporate surveillance on a national and international scale potentially Yeah, but our opinions will unfortunately just be literally grandfathered out of the system and a new generation will just learn to live with this as if it's always been normal and that'll be the future. I don't know. There's enough young people listening to us that I have enough hope that they'll do something. There'll be some underground trade. It'll be like in Demolition Man. Like we've done anything. Like we've been able to change anything. Yeah, I know. We've just sat back and watched it all happen, haven't we? Well, what can you do? I mean, I think doing podcasts like this and all of our involvement in open source and staying committed to open source does help. But, you know, we're such a minority. People's, like, it comes up time and time again. Nobody really knows about open source and Linux and the wider community outside our bubble. Yeah, but then you've got failing brainwashing his boy. (laughs) (laughs) The next generation. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have turned this into a negative story. It isn't a negative story. It's good news. Let's hope it continues. This podcast is brought to you by Clearview and the Wayland yutani Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phelim, I couldn't resist putting this in to troll you. Thunderbird for Android slash K9 Mail, May 2023 progress report. Good. Do you still use K9 Mail then? I do, yeah. There was too much effort involved in moving to that other one. Uh, what was it? Fair Mail or something like that? No, I, I stuck with it. I knew, knew they'd be back. And uh, yeah, I just didn't think they'd be back like this. Well, to start with, they've been concentrating on the first screen, the initial account setup UI, and it looks pretty nice to me. 
cool, yeah, a thing I'll, I won't ever use again, probably, because I've already got mine set up and I probably never move from that config file. I just move it to my phone and different phones like I did previously. But anyway, that's fine. Yeah, no, waste it on things I'm not using. That's cool. Oh, come on. It's pretty bloody important to get the uh, onboarding experience for new users sorted out. Hmm, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so entitled as a, an existing user. You know, you've got to attract new users for it to flourish, haven't you? This is like your insurance company giving new people the deal, but not you who's been there for years. <laughs> years, I tell you. Well, I think you're just bitter. I think this is going to be good. I think Thunderbird's stewardship of uh, K9 is going to be great. The only thing I'm happy with so far is the fact they're getting a security audit that they've paid for on it. And I think that's a good thing. I'm all for that. Well, they've had the security audit and it went well. And they found a few minor things and they've fixed them. And uh, the final report should be ready soon, they say on this blog post. So yeah, that is immediately a great thing that's happened for all users. Good. Yeah. So it's about time you started being positive about this. I'm very positive about it. Okay, this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. Reach your goals with delicious calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan recipes too. Need to make dinner in a hurry? Look for quick and easy recipes on the HelloFresh menu, including fast and fresh options, ready in just 15 minutes or less. The variety of different meals looks really impressive, and I'm sure even I could follow the simple, clear instructions, and I have very little experience in the kitchen. So support the show and go to hellofresh.com slash latenightlinux16 and use the code latenightlinux16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash latenightlinux16 and code latenightlinux16. On to a bit of admin then. First of all, thank you everyone who supports us with PayPal and Patreon. We really do appreciate that. If you want to join those people, you can go to latenightlinux.com slash support. And remember, for various amounts on Patreon, you can get an advert-free RSS feed of either just this show or all the shows in the Late Night Linux family. And if you want to get in contact with us, you can email show at latenightlinux.com. Go on then, let's talk about Reddit and the uh, protests and everything and... I hate Reddit and I feel so vindicated by this whole thing, but it feels like this is uh, important to not necessarily Linux and open source, but the, the tech scene generally. Do any of you care about this? Do any of you regularly visit Reddit? Let's start with that. I tend to come across it by virtue of searching for things and then finding mm. people talking about whatever it is that I'm searching for on Reddit and then spend a few minutes going through the comments only to find them entirely useless and wishing that I'd never bothered. It seems to be in a massively popular place to discuss pretty much everything. And I like the fact that there is a gathering place to do that somewhere that's indexed and that you can find stuff the community is the community right you're always going to get bell ends and people uh, who are there to troll as well as people who genuinely want to help and who are just simply misinformed but the reddit community by virtue of being so popular seems to have more than its fair share of idiots <laughs> and so yeah I, you know i don't use it as a resource for learning things anymore but there's the occasional meme on there which i quite like well, the background to this is that Reddit announced changes to their pricing structure with the API, and you had some quite big third-party Reddit apps 
like Apollo, which is an iOS one, I think, which said it would cost them $20 million a year, so they're basically having to shut down. And so loads of people got up in arms about this and decided to have a two-day blackout, as they call it, where they set the subreddits to private. And some have continued indefinitely because the boss of Reddit has just really made an ass of himself. He's just said all sorts of shit that he shouldn't have, and it's it just compounded the situation. Some subreddits have reopened, some haven't, and it's all just a bit of a uh, controversy and a bit of a drama. But the the big thing here is that it shows that ultimately, if you give your data away, and your data can be your posts on Reddit or your posts on Twitter, one day you will regret it if it is not an open platform, a truly open platform. And I remember us talking about how Reddit went closed source. Originally, they were open source, but then they sort of eventually stopped updating that and kind of forked off in their own proprietary way. But if you give a company all your data, you're going to regret it one day, is the take-home message here. Yes, and it seems to keep happening. I do use Reddit, not obsessively, but it's the end of a lot of links from Google searches, now broken. And there are a few subreddits that you know that are super niche that you can't really find anyone talking about the same things elsewhere on the internet. It's synthesizers, isn't it? It is synthesizers, definitely. Of course it is. The synthesizer subreddit is too broad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Specifically like R slash polyphonic aftertouch. Yes, yeah, yeah, MPE, that's a good one. But it's a problem that we keep having and it's a problem that it's always going to happen because these companies basically get greedy. It's the, it's, it's the threat of an IPO coming to Reddit that's maybe making them behave in this way and they don't give a shit about life after the IPO, only in getting rich off the back of it. And the weird thing is that like, maybe it's different from Twitter, but with this kind of thing, there was a user network of groups and it was Usenet. A bit like IRC before Slack. Sometimes the technology's been there for a long time and we've just never been able to turn it into something for the modern web. And and I think until we've solved those problems, and that's something that Mastodon is semi-solving for Twitter, we're going to have these problems keep coming up time again. Well, there is Lemmy, which is an open source Reddit alternative. So the tools are there, but they're not as mature as Reddit was and they don't have the network effect. But I think that's what we're finding out, isn't it? With first Twitter and now Reddit, and maybe the same thing will happen with YouTube at some point. I don't know, maybe that's too big to fail. We're finding out that you can't just rely on these companies to not be showers of bastards, because they all will turn out to be. Because that's just how it goes. You you just grow and grow and grow, and then IPO. And the only way to do that is by disrespecting your users, seemingly. There's that famous quote, which I've seen attributed to Tim O'Reilly. If you're not paying for the product, then you're not a customer. You are the product being sold. Mm. And that has been true for a long, long time. And, you know, it continues to be true. But the fundamental problem is that people don't like paying money for something. And I think that that's the hill that we've got to get over is to be able to find a way to provide a free service, not expect people to put their hands in their pockets and not try and sell their their data via adverts. And I oh, we've talked about this topic many times. There isn't a really good answer, I don't think. Well, there absolutely isn't an answer that involves people not having to pay because someone has to pay. I'm not sure if I'm the only person who thinks this might actually be a slightly good thing. A, because it was 
well, not exclusively, but there to try and stop the AI stuff learning from Reddit, which I think, lol, haha, sucks to be you guys. And B, is this a perfect lesson for people to actually finally maybe realize that these things shouldn't be free if they're useful and maybe they could fund the federated system, much like some of the Mastodon instances are? I don't know whether that's just foolish, but... You know, it would be nice that people realize the the value of the things they're doing. And, you know, is Musk and what's his name? Steve Huffman or whatever his name is. You know, is their quadrupling down on being arseholes actually a good thing? And are we going to actually learn finally, maybe? I hate to sound like Graham, but no. People still use Twitter. I know, like, but still. <laughs> I know our crowd doesn't generally, but I don't think Twitter usage has really dropped massively, has it? And... I don't think Reddit use will drop massively either. I think some people will be pissed off and more, some of the more technical subreddits and the more Linuxy open sourcey ones will probably migrate elsewhere. But ultimately, normal people will just stay with the big companies and just suck it up. Because I've said this many times before, most people want shit for free. They want shit to be good and free and fast and private. And they just want it all, don't they? <laughs> and the one thing that people seem to be willing to pay with is their data. We've seen it time and time and time again. That's how Google and Facebook and all the big companies, Amazon, all the rest of it, that's how they manage to keep going. That's why even I will use Uber occasionally, even though they are a proper shower of bastards. But I'll keep using it because it's cheap and convenient. And Amazon Prime as well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not paying for it. I use my brothers, isn't it? Because we're dodgy. But uh, <laughs> I still buy stuff from there all the time because I want shit the next day. Thank you very much. And this will keep happening. I mean, it happened with IMDB, mm. which was all user-contributed content. It's almost the same thing that happened there. And it just becomes the modern web. Those of us who care about it don't have enough inertia to be able to change anything we may be able to have even smaller groups of us chatting in some you know on usenet but it's not going to change anything about how things develop and we didn't learn from that did we and we didn't learn from twitter and we're not going to learn from reddit i don't know maybe the right people that i care about are going to learn and maybe tough luck for all the normals <laughs> well yeah I, I do think that things are starting to splinter now mm. I've seen talk on Mastodon of like, oh, wow, this is like a real moment. Like Mastodon's really going well. And it is, as far as I'm concerned. I hardly look at Twitter anymore. I certainly don't post there anymore. And um, yeah, Mastodon is great. The Fediverse is great. But that's not normal people, is it? We are the, uh, the tech elite now. Yeah. And honestly, that's fine by me. There'll be a schism in the internet. And in... 10 years' time, 52% of the internet will vote to make it owned by Facebook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bastards. They've decided, Graham. <laughs> it's the will of the people. <laughs> okay, this episode is sponsored by Collide, and Collide has some big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log into your cloud apps until they fix the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero-trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecure devices might be logging into your company's apps because there's nothing to stop them. Collide is a simple device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. 
The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions to fix it. If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. So visit collide.com slash late night Linux to learn more or book a demo. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash late night Linux. So Google Domains is shutting down and they've sold all the customers to Squarespace. And uh, Will, I think you're affected by this, aren't you? Yeah, I had a whole bunch of domains registered at Google because I found Google Domains to be very straightforward. They didn't ask for a whole load of information, presumably because they already had it, but they didn't (laughs) ask you to fill out a whole load of forms. You could just go in there, you could buy a domain easily, it would add it to one centralized account, they didn't make a massive markup, they automatically renewed, and they felt secure, and that you you weren't going to get your very precious domain stolen from you because they'd forgotten to lock down something and somebody had gone in and stolen the database and nicked all your domains. So I was quite happy there. It ticked along and renewed regularly. Uh, and then, like, completely out of the blue, I heard via failing sharing a, a news link, I still haven't had official word from Google. Uh, I have read up on it. Oh, really? Yeah, nothing. No formal email from Google. And so, yeah, there, I, there's no way that I want my domains with Squarespace. I've never used them. I have no opinion other than I bet they're shit. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't take my advice and go to Namecheap. I don't know why I'm promoting things that are not paying us, but I've been using Namecheap for years, and uh, it's absolutely fine. I think a company that is willing to name itself Namecheap has no respect for their own business, and they shouldn't be allowed my money. Should they be called Name Affordable instead? World of Names, or... Name world. What about Ryan DNS? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I should fucking bookmark that right now. God damn it. Ah, quick, I'm going to buy the domain. Fucking Mike O'Leary's already knocking on my window here, going, <laughs> you, you owe me money. <laughs> so really, the name was enough to put you off? Yeah, yeah. That tells me that their marketing team, or the, the founder of that company, just woke up one morning and said, ah, domains, that'll do. What should we call ourselves? We want to sell cheap domain names. Uh, name cheap. Yay! And the meeting was over, and they never, ever went back to revisit that decision. It's funny how people make decisions about services they use, because I was like, ah, name cheap. That sounds cheap. I'm definitely going to use that there. <laughs> yeah, it seems that we may be uh, a different class of gentlemen. Well, <laughs> Well, so uh, the upshot of this is that me and presumably a whole bunch of other people are looking for alternative providers. I asked around a few people at work, and the answer that came up was Cloudflare. Boo! Um, so I, Boo. <laughs> I have started trying to move some names over. I'm going to start with my low-value ones before I do the really important ones, like muckyjpegs.com. Yeah. If it works, then... That's probably where I will go, but I would like to hear feedback from people to say, no, use this other thing. But I don't want it to be like fly-by-nights. I want there to be a big corporate entity behind it who can afford to have a security team because if I lose access to my domains, like I've lost a a lot of important stuff there. OVH. Well, Cloudflare are a shower of bastards. I don't even remember the Kiwi Farms thing. I was talking to someone about this today. Oh, God, yeah about how for ages they refused to shut down Kiwi Farms, which was just the, just the worst just troll forum who like drove people. Just Cloudflare are bastards, that's all you need to know. And I would rather use 
Tesco value name cheap than fucking Cloudflare, quite frankly. Gotta say, I agree with that too, because there's a conspiracy lunatic who has done some horrific harassment over here, allegedly just far right lunacy. And um, you know what? They were happy to protect her. Oh, free speech, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. The sort of free speech absolutist types and uh, libertarian, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but they they tell you if you said anything about Pepsi Cola, they'd be right down you like in a ton of bricks, though. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, mm. get lost. Right. Seriously, fuck Cloudflare, man. Just fuck him. Like, no way it would I advise. But, you know, it's easy, it's cheap, and you do what you like. But just seriously, name cheap. They're good. Like, Gandhi was the, the go-to, but then they got sold recently, didn't they? I can't remember who they got sold to. Mm. And so people are looking to migrate from them. Well, I'm poking around the OVH website now, and it, it looks pretty good. So that is now top of my list. Uh, they are, except when one of the days is right on fire, but they learned yeah. their lesson. <laughs> wood is flammable. No wooden <laughs> floors and ceilings in the container farm. Okay, then. Yeah, a lot of people lost quite a lot of data, but you could argue that they should have had off-site backups and stuff. Yeah, I didn't, so I was fine. I don't care. <laughs> I learned by their lesson. <laughs> oh, dear. Fucking backups quick. Hang on, I'm just kicking an arsenic off here. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> but once again... This is just Google doing a Google, isn't it? Like, this seemed like a relatively safe bet. Like, mm. say you have the, uh, what What do they call, oh God, it was, is it Workspace now? It was like G-Apps for Business and they, they keep renaming it. They, you know, the Drive and Docs yeah. and email and all that stuff. That seems like a fairly safe bet. But then so did this. I mean, you really just cannot trust Google to do anything and keep doing it for more than a few years now. It's probably the reason why you haven't got your notification because the team who's done that was axed before that <laughs> happened. Yeah, or maybe Gmail marked it as spam. <laughs> couple of KDE things. Failing, I don't know, I told you to stop doing KDE Corner, but you've snuck in a couple of it's things. It's not a corner, it's a brick, uh, I don't know, trunking or something. There it's you more go. of an arch. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, a solid brick in the wall that is this episode. Anyway, Caden Live News and Fundraising Report. Yeah, I thought it was quite cool because it's it's their quarterly report they do, and from mid up to mid February they had six hundred and seventy seven donations, twenty three thousand one hundred and seventy euro. Wow! About a thousand of that is for processing fees, and they give about twenty percent to KDE for hosting and sysadmin and stuff. So that leaves about seventeen thousand six hundred for actually paying for developers to do stuff and they've already used 3000 of that already and that was to get uh, nested timelines done with one developer and next up they already have planned out things for improving the effects workflow and performance all that stuff so i just think it's nice to be able to see an actual funded project do well from getting actual money in and doing things with it so it's kind of cool Surely they should be investing in ai and stuff like mozilla does oh i've done it i've done it haven't i <laughs> oh, i've mentioned that yeah Anyway, this week in KDE, major plumbing work in Plasma 6. So Nate's been at it again. He has, yeah. And it's it's cool to see it progressing along. And they've got a new uh, porting guide for things like the plasmoids and things. I've noticed I have a few that I don't know whether they're maintained anymore. And I'm I'm looking at the docs to see, is there anything I could actually help out with? Because they're quite handy. It's the WebView one which is quite useful for making a plasmoid out of essentially a website, which I use like about five or six of them. But they've got a cool tracking status page for the six stuff and then the any of the QT6 bugs. They've got nice links to all of those for anybody who can get involved. It's, it's really cool. 
And they've also been doing a bit of work on getting the KD4 pages. That's F-O-R, not the number. So like for developers, for educators and things like that. And uh, they've got a new homepage for that. So that's quite cool to see those all linked together. And uh, just because I know that Wayland is going to be really maybe even the default for QT6, I've switched to it about two weeks ago, maybe. And so far, relatively so good. A few niggles here and there, but I've not really taken out what they are. But uh, yeah, Wayland, yay. It's the future, so I... Uh, <laughs> Apparently so. It's very much the present if you've been using GNOME for any sort of period of time. Okay, this episode is sponsored by Linode. Go to linode.com slash late night Linux, support the show, and get $100 free credit. From their award-winning support, offered 24-7, 365 to every level of user, to ease of use and setup, it's clear why developers have been trusting Linode for projects both big and small since 2003. Deploy your entire application stack with Linode's one-click app marketplace, or build it all from scratch and manage everything yourself with supported centralized tools like Terraform. And check out their managed MySQL, Postgres, and MongoDB databases that allow you to quickly deploy a new database and defer management tasks like configuration, managing high availability, disaster recovery, backups, and data replication. Simple and fast to deploy with secure access, their flexible plans include daily backups. So go to linode.com slash late night Linux, create a free account, and you'll get $100 in credit and support the show. That's linode.com slash late night Linux. Right, let's get a little bit meta and talk about the show and the late night Linux family generally. Times are changing. The industry is changing. And the bottom line is this. We're going to soon, probably, be moving to a system that will include some programmatic, dynamically inserted ads. Now, I know some people are not going to be over the moon about this. But my feeling is that people generally would prefer that we kept going with these shows than not. To be clear, if you are on Patreon and getting an advert-free RSS feed, you will not be impacted by this at all. You'll continue to get totally ad-free with none of this stuff. It's only the people listening for free. Now, we've not actually made this change yet, and I wanted to give people an adequate heads up about it. And I also wanted to make it clear that uh, times are not like super desperate. I'm not going to not pay my rent and stuff. You know, it's not like that. It's just thinking more long-term here. And also, when it comes to the patrons, I mean, you are the people making this possible. It wouldn't be possible without the patrons. That's just a fact. The ads are what makes it possible, for me at least, to do this full-time and not have to get another job. Now, I could go and get another job really easily that would pay quite well, but I would prefer to do this. This is much more fun. So I really cannot stress how much we appreciate the patrons. and. If you are in a position to join those people, then please do. But if you're not in a position, then that's fine too. But you will have some of these ads probably at some point fairly soon. So what do you all think about this then? Well, I think for a lot of stuff I listen to that isn't even FOSS-related stuff, like it might be Tom Scott or God knows, some murder podcaster, you know, I get ads on that and I don't mind. I'm, I'm happy because I get a podcast I enjoy and I'm prepared to listen to the ads and it seems a small trade-off to pay I mean yeah you could pay for subscription and as you say the Patreon people it's fantastic what they do so you know I think the quality of the podcast would suffer maybe if you weren't able to do this full-time so I think it's great that we're able to do that 
Yeah, I think so too. I think, you know, you create an incredibly professional product, Joe. And one of the downsides from it being so professional is that people perhaps assume that it's going to be here forever and that they don't need to worry necessarily about how it's funded. Um, it's the same when we did the magazines, you know, you create a professional product. And I, in with the magazines, I really wish we'd been more like this to ensure the survival of the magazine. Um, and people are, are accepting of it, but it, it's, a, it's the reality of the situation and I think you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I wish you'd got me involved, man. I wish you'd just monetize your podcast, basically, because that was the thing that people loved about you. They loved the magazine as well, but man, I'd, I love that podcast. I wish you'd get, but when are you going to do a, a you know reunion special of it? <laughs> well, it's been 10 years this year since we um, left Linux format and started the magazine. So I don't know, maybe. So look, hopefully this is not going to be a big deal. If it's a massive deal, get in touch with us and let us know why it's a big deal to you. You've already heard ads for things that are not that related to the show, but may well be related to the listenership of this show, you know, the food stuff and whatnot. And um, that's good as far as I'm concerned, because look, would you rather we have ads for stuff that is directly related to what we're talking about, which may influence our opinions, even subconsciously, or would you rather have ads for mattresses and stuff? which have got nothing to do with the stuff that we're actually talking about. It seems like a no-brainer to me. I think that's an interesting, difficult trade-off to make. Like, What is it better to hear adverts for? And I think you're right. I think if we continue to be exclusively sponsored by technology-related firms, at some point we're going to have to temper our swearing because we might upset one of the sponsors. This way, we can say what the fuck we like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And hopefully it's not going to be all these programmatic ads. And I, I sort of didn't really explain what that is. It means ads read by someone that's not me, basically. I am going to do my best to try and keep selling ads to companies that will want me to read it out because that's more valuable to everyone involved. But uh, there will be at least some of these programmatic ads, as they call them, which are... I mean, I hope they're professionally produced and, and we do have some say we can opt out of certain categories and oh man, the list that I saw, there was some quite funny categories on there, which uh, I, I don't even want to go into here. I mean, it was, you know, medical stuff and that, <laughs> yeah, I'll be opting out of some of that, <laughs> put it that way. And, you know, gambling and, and stuff like that. And I think like one of them might even be in like THC products and stuff. It's like, no, I'd, I'm going to opt out of that. So you know, we do have some say in it, but there will also continue to be, you know, the classic me read, okay, this episode is sponsored by, etc. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to give people a heads up and give you a chance to uh, have your say on that. So show at latenightlinux.com if you've got strong feelings either way on it. And like I said, this is not going to affect the people who are on the ad-free tiers on Patreon. They will hear this about it and then never know whether it happened or not because they don't hear any adverts ever except for one time i fucked up and it was in there for <laughs> about 12 hours one ad but then i cut that out and apologized to everyone but that was my mistake and uh it won't happen again honest it was an artisanal mistake though so that's good yeah it was an artisanal six or seven cans of cider mistake i think <laughs> right well we better get out of here then we'll be back next week when we'll have some discoveries probably and who knows what else but until then I've been Joe I've been Phelan I've been Graham 
and I've been Will. See you later.